<laughs> well, I don't know how many of you have done any of those DNA tests. Uh, I got my dad one a couple of years ago. All right, we are Italian. We know we're Italian. We know who came off the boat. It said he was 4% Italian. A few years later, he looked at it again on the website. It said he was 12% Italian. Now he's 25% Italian. It just kind of is creeping up slowly as the years go by. And I don't think he's getting any more Italian as he goes. So, all right. Well, I want to do something with you as I get started this morning. Um, I, 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 I want to see how knowledgeable you are when it comes to famous trees. Uh, even as I say that, it sounds weird. Famous trees. Uh, is there such a thing as a famous tree? And, and there kind of is. Uh, you will see what I mean. Um, let's start with this one. We're going to put this one up on the screen behind me. Would you turn to somebody next to you and tell them what specific, what specific famous tree this is? Go for it. Now, I said specific, but in case uh, you were generic with this, you actually would have gotten the right answer as well. This is a Joshua tree, but in this case, it is the Joshua tree from the back cover of the U2 album, the Joshua tree. Anybody remember that? In my opinion, one of the greatest albums of all time. It is just back to back to back, incredible hit. The first three songs on that album, Where the Streets Have No Name, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, With or Without You, the best first three songs of all time in any album in the world. Can you name a better album? All right, uh, anyway, this is the Joshua Tree, and uh, it was at an undisclosed location somewhere near Death Valley until, unfortunately, it was vandalized in 2005. And the tree did not survive its own fame. Everybody wanted to go find this tree. Okay, let's try another one. Uh, this one is a little bit closer to home. Turn and tell somebody if you know the name of this tree and where it is. Go ahead, tell somebody around you. I heard somebody say it right here. This is the Lone Cypress down at Pebble Beach near Carmel. Uh, you might know it from their logo, right? That's the Lone Cypress on the logo. Uh, or maybe you've gone down and you visited this tree off of 17 Mile Drive. This is, this is on a granite headland overlooking the bay. And they say this is one of the most photographed trees in all of America. Uh, this Lone Cypress has been here since the 1700s. And it has weathered all kinds of storms and it still stands. Uh, but even as it survived, it's needed a little bit of help. Uh, for example, in 1941, you can kind of see the stone retaining wall that was built in 1941 around the base of the tree to prevent its roots from erosion. Uh, seven years later, they had to install a bunch of cables to help support the tree. In 1969, the tree was fenced off to the public in order to protect its roots from damage by trampling. In 1984, an arsonist attempted to set fire to this tree. And three years ago, it lost one of its limbs. It does not look the same anymore if you haven't been down there lately. Uh, hopefully it survives, sticks around a little bit longer, but not unlike the Joshua tree. My guess is this has seen better days. Okay, one last tree, and this one is gonna be hard, so I'm gonna give you a hint, all right? This is the tallest tree in the world. Discovered in 2006, measures 380 feet tall. Does anybody know the name of this tree? Somebody got it at our outdoor service, but they're outdoorsy people. Does any, do any of you know the name of this tree? It's called Hyperion, Hyperion. Now, we know that it is in Redwood National Park. Oh, I should say it's a coastal redwood tree. I should have said that but we don't know its location because they keep this one secret. In, in, in light of what happened to the other two trees I've shown you, you can understand why, right? Probably worth guarding. 
Um, this tree is somewhere between 600 and 800 years old, and it is massive. Uh, to put it in perspective, check out this little graphic, kind of show you its size. This is taller than the Statue of Liberty, taller than Big Ben. It is the tallest living thing in the world. In fact, it could have been even taller, but they say that its growth was stunted by woodpecker activity up near the top. All right, well, it's fitting that our last tree ends up the coastal redwood because I wanna speak with you a little bit this morning about you and what the Bible says about you, what God says about you being like a tree. And I wanna make the case that you are not a Joshua tree, thank God, and you are not a lone cypress, but you are meant to be a redwood. About a month ago, uh, I was up at Mount Hermon uh, in Santa Cruz Mountains. It's a, it's a, a Christian camp and conference center uh, and surrounded by redwoods. And a friend of mine was up there doing a workshop on trees and the Bible. Uh, this friend is a pastor who was also a biology major, so he kind of geeks out on this stuff. And, and let me tell you what I learned from him about why the redwood trees are so majestic. Obviously, we've established tallest trees on earth, but also one of the oldest trees on earth. These last a long time. 800 to 1500 years. And one of the reasons is they are very resilient, tough to kill. They are fire resistant. Do you, do you know that they have a tannic acid in their bark that keeps them safe from fires? That same chemical makes them bug resistant. They are disease resistant. In fact, they are flood resistant. Uh, you know, a lot of plants, when it floods, they will drown, especially if the base of the plant or, or the roots are underwater for a month or more. Okay, get this. Redwood roots will actually grow vertically to breathe in a flood if they need to. Crazy how they can adapt. And when it comes to water, they store an incredible amount in themselves. One mature redwood, the trunk alone, the trunk alone can store 8,000 gallons of water. How do they figure that out? Do you wring out a tree like a sponge? Uh, actually, no. They cut a piece of the trunk out and they weigh it and then they dry it out, they weigh it again and the difference is how they know. But all of that water, the tree can drink off of that in the dry season. And where do they get all this water? Well, up to 40% of their water intake is drinking fog. How cool is that to drink fog? Um, have you ever walked through a redwood forest and you notice how quiet it is? All of that bark, that thick bark absorbs the sound. So many cool things about redwood trees. But if they have one weakness, one weakness, it's that they have shallow roots. Can you believe that a tree that's over 300 feet tall has roots that only go six to 12 feet deep? Now, if you have a redwood tree in your backyard, that's kind of a scary thought, right? In fact, if there's a strong wind or a storm or something like that, and there is a lone redwood, 300 feet tall, roots maybe eight feet deep, and the wind blows against that redwood, it is in great danger of falling because the roots are so shallow. It just cannot withstand that wind. Now, there's a reason that redwoods do not fall in wind, and I'm gonna get to that in a moment, but can we stop here? Because I said earlier that you are like a redwood, and uh, I mean that in the most flattering of ways. You may have withstood fire in your life or disease or flood, and you have shown yourself to be incredibly resilient. And, and, and spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, you have grown up tall. What I mean by that is most of us would say that, that we are not what we would have been without Jesus. 
He's done this work in us that grows us, that, that feeds us, that gives us water. Yes, you can always grow more. We know that. But the fact that you're sitting here today in a church service, it is evidence that God is doing something to grow you. You're listening enough to show up, and as they say, showing up is half the battle, right? There is so much wonderful about you that is like a redwood, but, but, your roots can be a problem. Your roots are shallow. By the way, hope you're not offended by that. My roots are shallow too. That's just a metaphor, part of being a redwood. But here's the deal. If you get hit by a strong wind, strong enough, you can fall. If a big enough storm blows into your life and pushes against you, you majestic 300-foot redwood, your six to 12 feet of roots will not be able to hold you up unless, unless something happens with those roots that I want to show you this morning. Let's look at Jeremiah 17 together. We'll put it up on the screen. This is verse 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. By the way, I cannot think of a more timely passage for us to read this week after the one we've had with extreme heat and extreme drought than this one. But this says, when you trust in God, when you put your confidence in him, you will be like a tree that sends its roots down into a stream. And what that means is, you will be evergreen. You will be always nourished. Doesn't that sound good? All right, let me show you Psalm 1. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. The writer is saying right here, the person who dedicates themselves to God's instruction finds themselves blessed. Okay, but check this out. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Sounds very similar to what we just read in Jeremiah. Okay, it keeps going with this tree metaphor. Verse four, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. When the wind blows against that person, they get caught up, they are not rooted. So, so far we got a couple of things out of this tree metaphor. We've got trusting in God. We have got dedicating yourself to his instruction. Both of those, it says, will grow you tall. But there is one more verse in Psalm 1 that I've never understood until I thought about the redwoods. Verse 5, take a look. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Now, before you totally tune out because you read that verse, can I confess to you, I don't like reading verses that use words like wicked and judgment and sinners. Those are such strong words, wicked and judgment. Oh my gosh, you're ruining today by using those words. And, and, and you can't say them without somebody think that you're calling them wicked or you're judging them, and that is very valid. Um, every time I read this psalm, I kind of mentally read through this verse real quick so I can get to the next one, which starts out much more pleasant about God watching over us. But because I read it fast, what I have missed is this phrase right here. Would you read this with me? Assembly of the righteous. All right, here's the deal. This passage, the one in Jeremiah, says you are like a tree. You can grow big and strong and tall by following God, by trusting in him. You can be evergreen. The things you do can prosper. They can be fruitful. But right here, you are not meant to do them alone. 
You are meant to do them in an assembly of the righteous. Now, we know what it means to be righteous. We know what it means to be made right with God, forgiven of your sins. The assembly of righteous is not a group of perfect people when it says this. It's an assembly of people who've given their lives to Jesus and received forgiveness because of his death on the cross, uh, which as much as you might feel a little hesitant to claim the label of righteous, and I do too, that sounds weird. If you have received God's grace, this is talking about you. And again, what this verse says, you are a majestic, righteous tree in the middle of an assembly of righteous trees, and that assembly is meant to help you stand. Let's go back to the redwoods. Do you know why a 300 plus foot tall tree that only has roots that are, that are six to 12 feet deep can withstand wind and can withstand storms? Because most of the time when you see redwoods, they are in an assembly. Redwood roots may only be eight to 12 feet deep, but they do something fascinating. They interconnect. Um, in a redwood forest, each tree interweaves its roots with the other trees around it, the other redwoods that stand by it, and they create a massive network of support just beneath the surface. And get this, the winds blow, and the storms come through, and the redwoods hold each other up. Um, have you ever noticed redwoods in a circle or a ring? Seems like whenever I walk through a, 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 the Muir Woods or somewhere in Castro Valley where they have redwoods, I find these little clumps of, of five or six trees together all in a group, a little assembly right there. Those are redwoods whose roots are interconnected and, and, and they, don't just, they don't just hold each other up. They share resources. When one is sick, all the other ones send nutrients and food to build the other one up and they do it through their roots. Get this, redwood trees talk to each other. They communicate, they share distress signals through their roots so the other trees can come to the rescue. And again, the wind. All right, I'm gonna just roll some video behind me right now of redwood trees being blown by the wind and watch what happens. Hopefully this won't make you sick. They sway and they move, but they stay Standing. I, I wish I knew how far they move up at the top. Like somebody got up there with a, a tape measure or something and figured it out. But all right. you know which redwoods do not stay standing? The ones that are planted alone. Distant from other redwoods. All by themselves. Far from the rest. When someone talks about an assembly of the righteous, it means that, yeah, you can grow. You can grow by planting yourself next to a stream that is God's instruction, and you can grow by trusting in him, living a spiritual life. It's all about you and God. But what it takes is an assembly of the righteous. When, when it says that, what it means is if you wanna stand and not be blown away as you get tall, what keeps you standing is being with others, and not, not just anyone, not just other plants in the forest, but other redwoods who are pursuing God as well. And what that means is interweaving your roots. As much as God has designed you to grow tall in your faith, he has designed you to do this with his people, to interweave. So with the rest of our time this morning, I wanna talk to you about what that looks like. Because I think it looks like getting rooted at the church that you're a part of. And the reason is, the reason is, so when the winds blow, you don't fall. Because the storms are inevitable. Can we agree on that? You're gonna face one. 
whether it's your physical health, whether it's your, your family, your work, your mental health, a storm is going to come. Let's make sure you are rooted. And, and I wanna roll out a little bit of a new strategy for what getting rooted here at Crosswinds looks like. Um, I think a lot of you know, a few weeks ago, we took a survey here at our services over the course of, of two weeks, asking you a little bit about how rooted you are at Crosswinds and how rooted you might wanna be. Uh, we didn't call it that, we didn't use root language. We just asked you about your relationships at Crosswinds. And, and um, I wanna walk you through the results and, and tell you what that has taught us, uh, your pastoral staff, and then talk together about what that means for this church for the coming year. Um, let me put this spiral up on the screen right now. This might look familiar. This was on the survey we gave you, and uh, I think this is gonna help explain something. Um, one of the things you know, we've been talking about it all morning so far, is that you and I, we both need close relationships. We all need that, right? By the way, this is what we mean when we say interwoven with each other. This is the goal, close friendships. When we say that, we mean the kind of people that you really do life with. You celebrate the highs with each other, you talk about the lows. You, you are there for each other in the storms and the winds. You hold each other up, sometimes literally. Uh, we described this in the survey we took as your ride or dies. And these are people who are often gonna be your lifelong friends. Like you move away from here, you are still close years later. Uh, and, and as I described close friends with ideas like that, um, that might be how you know you've got them. As I say those things, that might help you know who those people are in your life. But the reason that we've created this spiral is because that is not typically where you start when you first show up at a church, right? Um, you come to a place like Crosswinds because a friend invited you, maybe, but, but often, often you come as a total stranger. In, in fact, I, I added something to this spiral just for today, stranger. Um, many of you walk in these doors and you don't know anyone, and so, how do you get from stranger to being a person with close friends at a church like Crosswinds? Well, we have been asking that question, and, and what we've come to realize is that there are some levels that you go through, some levels you get into your relationships that, that kind of get you to close friends. Uh, like the first one is acquaintances. These are just people that you meet. Um, we had you turn and say hi to somebody around you this morning. I think Sophia had you meet three to five people. Confession, I only met like two. Um, but if you got their name, congratulations, you are officially acquaintances. You did it, you're there. Uh, if after church today, your kids wanna go play on the, on the swings and you go stand there and you start to talk with some other parents and you get to know each other for five minutes, congratulations, you have just added another acquaintance. You have moved from stranger to acquaintance with a couple of people. Now, you're still a stranger with the vast majority of people in here. And that's okay, our church is large enough. I, I hope you are always strangers with a bunch of people, right? You can't meet everyone. But if things work the way that they should, when you show up on Sunday, you should have some acquaintances. That said, can I tell you, if all you have are acquaintances, you will blow over. Interweaving roots does not happen just because you turned and met somebody on Sunday morning and now you know their name. Now, it's okay. It, it is okay if you don't have more than acquaintances after a week or two weeks or six weeks or six months or even a year. Because sometimes, for some of us, it takes longer to do some next level things in the spiral. In fact, let, let me just explain the next level and then we'll come back, all right? We've observed what tends to happen on, on the road to close friends. Uh, you made some acquaintances. The next thing you tend to make are casual friends. 
Um, someone that you more than know their name, but you actually, you actually spend time with each other, real time. Maybe you go golfing, maybe you go fishing, maybe you go to the theater together, maybe you go wine tasting, maybe you grab dinner every once in a while. Casual friends, it's where stories get told. It's where we really start to learn who each other are. Um, my casual friends are people who know me and in spite of my faults are still willing to hang out with me. <laughs> Now, I don't mean that they know everything about me. Uh, I might not have told them my deepest, darkest secrets. I just mean we like each other. We're getting to know each other better. Now, let me stop right here. Um, I don't know that we at Crosswinds have done a great job helping you build casual friendships. Uh, can, I, can I show you something? Um, this graph shows two things. How many casual friendships exist at Crosswinds, according to your surveys? That's the green. And the blue, how many casual friendships are wanted at Crosswinds? And what it shows is that on average, you want a 114% increase in your casual friendships. What that means is, most of you would say, you want a little bit more than twice as many people as you have right now. If you have 10 casual friends, you want 21 Point four at Crosswinds. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest with you, um, until the last few months of us thinking about this, I don't know where I would direct you to go find that around here. Now today we got a plan, but we've not done this as well as I think we could be doing this. I'll give you an idea of how we're gonna fix that in just a minute. But before I get there, the next level that we think gets toward close after casual friend is what we call intentional. We think at some point, if you really want to be rooted, you have friends that you intentionally make time for on the regular. Because look, life is busy. You're busy. And yeah, you have casual friends. You can have that. You can have friends you have every desire of connecting with. You want to get to know each other better. But between soccer games for your kids and marching band and work and errands that you have to run and stuff you're doing on your house and all right, sometimes casual friends don't get closer. And that's okay, some of them aren't meant to be closer. They're just meant to be people you have fun with, but where roots start getting interwoven is when we get intentional. Where you say, you are important enough to me, we are going to make time. And, and, this is the most important part, we're gonna talk about some intentional things. We talk about our faith, we talk about our families, we talk about work and we get a little bit risky. What I mean by that is we take off our masks. You don't just know my story, but, but you might know the not so pleasant parts of my story. And you might know how I feel about it. And those kinds of friendships tend to get a bit more high risk. I, I say that because in this kind of friendship, I reveal things to you that I otherwise would have probably kept confidential because you could hurt me with it. It's a risk to share at this kind of level. Intentional relationships do that. Now, if you've been around here a while, you know that one of the things I'm describing, we put it in bold right there, is, is, is one of our Crosswinds small groups. A small group is a group of people, sometimes weekly getting together, about eight to 12 people. Sometimes it's every other week, but they get together for the purpose of these intentional conversations. And as I say it, some of you are in a small group. Uh, some of you used to be in small groups. Some of you would like to get into a group, but you're not sure where to find your people because this group, if the goal is that you get close to people, you have maybe gone to a group and found that that didn't happen for you. And, and you're not likely to find people that you wanna get close with in just any group. You've gotta find the people that you click with. And, and can I tell you, uh, well, we have had a long history of small groups 
and getting people into groups to try to help you get into intentional relationships, I don't know that we have done as well as we've needed to in helping you find the people you click with. Or, or, or find those places with the people that you most want to connect with. And there's a reason I know that. Because when we asked you how many intentional friends you had versus how many you wanted at Crosswinds, the answer was 121% more. Meaning if you have five intentional friends, you want six more. All the math people are checking my calculations right now. It's right, it's right. Uh, but this means, what this means is most of you have some people you do this with around Crosswinds but you are longing for more people to be intentional with, and we haven't quite figured out how to help you get there. And so, we've been talking about that. We're gonna make some changes that we hope will help you with that. I'll tell you those in a second. Finally, on this little spiral, is close friends. All right, I've already explained how we define those, potentially lifelong friends, um, ride or dies, uh, uh, there for you in the highs and in the lows. But what I have not mentioned yet is statistically what our survey results showed. Not unlike casual friends and intentional friends, you want to see a 121% increase in close friends. The exact same percentage. Uh, on average, on average, everybody here, instead of say two or three, would like to have five or six close friends at Crosswinds, which is great if only we could help you all find each other. So let me tell you what we're gonna do. Um, let me start with acquaintances. Uh, th there are some things we already do around here that are meant to get you to rub shoulders with each other and just meet another person, get to know someone's name. Uh, you know what? It doesn't take a whole lot on our part to help you build a few more acquaintances. The good news is this is the one area we're already doing pretty well. On average, you only felt you needed a 61% increase in acquaintances. So we're gonna help you with that. Uh, like I said, we've got some ideas of what we already do and how we can take those things and just be better on Sunday morning with getting beyond hello. Uh, you did one of them this morning when we had you not just turn to some people around you, uh, people you've probably said hi to 20 times because you sometimes sit in the same spots, but we had you go find someone that you don't know and tell them your name. Boom, everybody here just got a new acquaintance. Check that one off. Uh, in addition to that, uh, a lot of you know we've been doing donuts when we start our new series, right? We have donuts today, and the point of that is not just to feed you. Did I just hear a yes? <laughs> the point of it is to not just feed you, it's to get you to stick a, around a little longer and meet some people that you don't know. All right, but here's what we also know, because we've been doing donuts for like six months now. Um, the tendency is for you to grab a donut and go to your car. <laughs> or, or for you to grab a donut and talk with like the family of four that you drove with. Or for you to get a donut and talk with that friend you haven't seen in six days since the last time you saw them. And what we want to ask you to do is find someone else. I mean, it's fine to talk with those people, but we want you to try something. We want to give you a card with your donut with a question on it for you to ask and answer with someone that you don't know while you're eating your donut. It's gonna make it easy for you to go up to a random stranger, perhaps a guy or a girl that you think is cute, and make them no longer a stranger, but an acquaintance. In fact, here's the deal. The price of your donut is a card, and if somebody sees you eating a donut, it means you are fair game to get to know them now. All right? They can walk up with their card, and you can take three minutes and get to know each other while you eat a donut. All right, finally, at the very least, at the very least, 
we want you to get acquainted with us, our pastoral staff. And so uh, last week was the very first week we did this. You heard it announced again today. Um, we have started this thing after the service is called the Connection Corner, where each week a few different pastors will be looking to get to know you, newer people. Um, and yes, we want to answer any questions, but also... We just want to get to know you a little bit. I think it's Jody and me who are going to be there after this service today. Um, real quick, um, my experience is most people do not want to go to this kind of spot the first time they visit a church. Um, or the second. They might wait till their third or their 20th to say, hey, I finally wanted to step out of anonymity and let some of you pastors know that I am here. So you're going to hear us keep saying every week, this is for people who are new, so you know it's really for any of you when you're ready to meet some of us. Now, I wanna skip casual friends. We're gonna come back to it because it's the one that I am most excited to talk with you about. Uh, a couple of very new things there. But let's skip it and talk intentional for a minute what our plan is for this. Um, we've already got small groups here. We've got groups for everybody. I don't know that we've been as good at getting people into the right groups as we've needed to be. Uh, sometimes what's happened is somebody has expressed an interest in a group and uh, we have found an open space and we have just sent you there. And you get there and you find that, that while the people are nice enough and, and you're happy to know them, there is no one there who's ever going to become a close friend of yours. And let's not forget, that's the whole point. If we're not doing that, why are we doing it? Interweaving roots, you are a redwood. Well, we are, we are, we are committed to not doing that moving forward. Um, if you are 19 years old and you wanna get into a small group with other 19 year olds, you can trust, we will not put you in with uh, some 40 something couples like myself and my wife, all right? Uh, we're not gonna put you places where you feel like it won't result in you getting something closer. And so this fall, you will see we're gonna be a lot more strategic plugging you into small groups that really fit you. In fact, can I tell you, our deepest hope is that as you go to some of the casual things I'll explain in just a second, that you start to build casual friends that you decide you wanna get more intentional with and you come to us and you say, hey, we, we'd like to do a small group together. And when that's the case, we're gonna help you start one. But, but uh, if you already know that you wanna get into an intentional small group this fall, and I encourage everybody to be in one of these because this is where close friendships start to happen. If you want one of those, um, you can text the word CONNECT to 833-495-4518. Uh, I should say, that is not someone's personal cell phone number. Uh, you will get a text back that allows you to fill out a form and let us know you're interested in being in a group. Or you can email groups at crosswindschurch.org. All right, let's talk close friends, then we're gonna go back to casual, all right? You wanted 121% more close friends. I've got news for you. I'm going to assign you close friends at the end of today. Uh, no, close friendships are organic, right? There is nothing we can do to assign you close friends. What we can do is create opportunities to make and build them on your own. And, and actually, there is one other thing we can do. We can help you improve them. Okay, truth is, you can have close friends here at Crosswinds and find yourselves not talking about some things that would make you closer, that would get you more rooted or interweaved, that will help you stand when the winds blow and the storms would cause you to sway. And, and, and while we cannot assign you close friends, what we can do is we can create materials for you a couple times a year that you can look at together as close friends that will help you go a little further, a little bit deeper, get a little bit more rooted. You probably don't need much, 
but you might just need something to get you started in some important conversations that close friends have. Now, let's go back to casual, this area that I think we've struggled in the most. And, and uh, I will tell you, this morning, um, this is one of these areas that we could really use your help. We believe the best way we could help you build casual friends is by creating a wide variety of what we're just calling crosswinds meetups for you to go and meet people with similar interests. Um, I like to golf. Uh, what would it be once a month, early on a Saturday morning, for those of us around here who love to golf, to get together with each other, uh, in many cases meet each other for the very first time, play nine holes, nine holes. I don't have time for 18 holes with you people. Uh, <laughs> Switch up who's with who, switch it up as we play, so that by the end of two hours, chances are good that you've met one or two or maybe three people you play with that you might become casual friends with over time. Uh, or a friend of mine here likes wine tasting. I say a friend of mine. I feel like many of you here like wine tasting. There's over 50 wineries in the Livermore Valley, and what would it be? What would it be once a month to have a group of people from Crosswinds that just meet up at a winery and get to know each other a little bit? Uh, Matt, our executive pastor, loves hiking and running, two things that I will only do if my life is on the line. But <laughs> what would it be for some people from Crosswinds who also love those things to meet up once a month and do that together with a little bit of strategic conversation on those so that, so that we can all make some more casual friends? All right, here's where we need your help. Um, we have 10 of those lined up to start sometime in the next few weeks leading up to October. Bowling, knitting, uh, a ukulele worship workshop, which I have nothing to do with, uh, uh, cigars and whiskey, wine tasting, pain and wine, running, hiking, parents. It doesn't, it's not lost on me that three of these involve wine or whiskey. Um, we think there is no end to the amount of meetups and areas of interest that we could offer you for these casual friendships to happen. But... We need organizers with an interest. So you might like fly fishing, or you might like working on cars, or you might like painting, and we would like to offer you all of these, but we need you to come to us and say, I have an idea. Actually, I, I think I could organize something like that once a month. Maybe it's a few people getting together with their toddlers and playing in a park or whatever. You just say, I have an idea. I think I can put something really simple together, and here's what we will do. We will vet you and make sure you're not crazy. We will give you 30 minutes of training on how to make sure your golf thing is not weird when people go to it and people really are getting to know each other at it. And then we will put it on our website of Crosswinds Meetups and we'll start talking about it on Sundays and we'll help people find your thing. If you would be open to that, because we'd like to have 10, 15, 20 more of these, would you go talk to this guy, Mike Moffitt? He's our community life pastor. He will be out at a kiosk in the lobby today, and, and, and you can't miss him with that beard and that hat, and he'll be sitting right there when you walk out those doors, and let him know, hey, I might have an idea, and, and he will talk to you, and he'll follow up with you and, and help you get that off the ground. Now, there's a second thing that we're really excited about we want to try this fall for casual friendship. Second thing to help with that. Something that we are calling meet and eats. Um, we know friendships start to develop because you have a little bit more dedicated time with somebody, like an hour or 90 minutes. And we know so often that happens around meals. Do you know like almost every appearance of Jesus after the resurrection, he was eating with people? 
And so we're gonna do something this fall. We wanna ask all of you to consider signing up for something we are calling Meet and Eats, where we will pair you with five to seven other people to have dinner together at somebody's house, everybody bringing a dish, you don't have to do it all yourself, and, and, and you'll have a little bit more concentrated time to get to know a few other people at Crosswinds, and we will assign who you have dinner with randomly. Uh, although not so random, because we will try to find people that you have some common ground with so you might be able to develop one of those casual friendships. Maybe it's your age that's your common ground. Maybe it's your kid's age. Uh, maybe it's your neighborhood, somebody who lives just around the block. But, but we think this could be kind of a fun way to help you make more casual friends. Now, if you are interested in doing one of those meet and eats, I'm gonna put a, a QR code up on the screen. Uh, although, you don't have to pull your phone out and do that. We, you, it's on the handout you got on your way in, uh, and you can scan that, and you can sign up that way, and we'll get you some more information. Just because you scan it doesn't mean we have your info and you're all of a sudden assigned to somebody's dinner. Um, just scan it, and it'll tell you more, and we'll help you start to develop more casual friendships. All right, we are so out of time. Would you stand with me? We're gonna pray together before we go. And let me just say, let me just say as we get ready to pray, you know, the goal of these relationships, the goal, let's not lose this, your soul needs to interweave with others. You were made to interweave your souls with other people as you grow toward Jesus. It is not enough to grow big and tall if you don't start interweaving your roots. In, in the next few weeks, as we roll this out, there'll be so many ways for you to start doing that, doing it more. Would you begin or continue weaving your roots so you can stand when the wind blows? Let's pray. God, I am so thrilled to be a part of a church that those numbers came back from a survey in such a way that it showed there is great interest in more casual friends and intentional friends and close friends. God, how terrible would it be if it came back and everybody said, I'm good. I don't need anybody else. And to see so many people say, I want twice as much and then a little bit more. God, that just tells me these are people who so want to weave their roots, and, and I just ask that you help us take advantage of these opportunities. God, I ask that you give ideas to the organizers in this room, that they go, you know, I kinda wanna get a bunch of people to go do this. God, would you give them the, the courage to say, oh, I, can, I can do that once a month. God, would you give others the courage who might say, I kinda like to hide in the back and just be in the wings. Would you give them the courage to say, I'll go to something like that, I'd like to meet some more people. And God, would you help us as we do all of this? Would you help us grow our roots so they are so enmeshed it is impossible to fall? And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thanks for coming today. By the way, grab a donut and a card and meet somebody, all right?